you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Get set for all-time S&P highs at the open. As the president and China both say, there's progress toward a phase one signing. We've got a likely three-month extension on Brexit, a weekend of M&A news, and the busiest week of earnings. Europe's mostly green. Ten-year yield, six-week high. We'll get GDP and jobs numbers this week. Our roadmap begins with all-time high alert, kicking off the busiest week of earnings with the S&P on track for a new record. The Dow and Nasdaq not far behind. Plus, shares of Tiffany are surging this morning ahead of the bell. French luxury group LVMH confirms interest in acquiring the company for $120 a share. And the next investing frontier, Virgin Galactic, set to make its public debut here at the New York Stock Exchange this morning. Sir Richard Branson will join us first on CNBC. So markets are chasing some history this morning. The S&P is on track to open at an all-time intraday high. On Friday, closed within six points of that record level after being fractions away from setting a new milestone gym. A lot of the bears arguing what's gotten here from July has been health care and utilities and REITs. Well, I think that I was going over a couple of companies this week that reported this weekend. I, Illinois Toolworks reported Dow, right? The, the railroads reported uh, we got Honeywell, uh, we got United Technologies. Uh, every single one of these were uh, much better than expected. And they were much better expected from either self-help or because the world's not as bad as we think. So you've got companies that had been formerly cyclical that have much more of a secular component, including Jim Fitterling, who was saying, listen, we're getting a bottom in some key chemicals. So uh, the leadership has subtly shifted to um, big tech um, because of Intel. And to the industrials, because it turns out that the industrials uh, are not as, uh, let's say, not as perturbed about China as you would have thought. Uh, It's rather remarkable. I think that there's some mea culpas that we need to hear from the people who said that cyclical America would be damaged. That said, if you're the Fed, the dollar is the single worst thing that in every single quarter, it's the dollar, dollar, dollar. But... Uh, boy, I really like the industrials that reported last week. They were very solid, really solid. S&P still tracking down 3.8 year on year. Right. Uh, most sectors showing less than 1% EPS growth. The best sectors are healthcare, utilities, and REITs. So how, do you chase, you chase growth? You chase cyclicals? Uh, there's so much growth that's still way down. Uh, the cloud kings are way down. Uh, I saw a note today about, about uh, Atlassian. I know these seems like they're... Uh, somewhat irrelevant, but it, it's a com- it's a company that's a, a software as a service company. Those stocks are still way down. Uh, ServiceNow uh, last week was better than expected. Went down because of the change by Donahoe going uh, to Nike and McDermott going to ServiceNow. I think that you can don't need to chase growth. There's plenty of growth that's still for sale. Uh, plenty of drug companies that are still for sale, whether it be Eli Lilly, which did disappointed, uh, Merck, which is down because of Bristol Myers. I think that there's a, a lot to buy there. 
Uh, a lot of people feel, by the way, that Amazon really disappointed. I go over Amazon, and if it weren't for the fact that they lost this contract, which is a very important contract, lots of cash flow involved, I come back and say that you just literally are looking at Amazon being set up for the next big thing, which is next day. Uh, if you ask me about the most important uh, call last week, it's still going to be Intel. That reverberates throughout because it's data center. looks like data center is being spent again, and we're going to talk about an acquisition that was made that I think people don't realize that Liberty has a lot of data center. But mainly, chiefly, it's e-commerce. I should say it's e-commerce. But that's a deal that is, for those of us from Philadelphia, it's remarkable. That's Bill Rouse. That's the Comcast Tower, the Four Seasons at the top, an important deal. Uh, there is not much negative today, and, and I think that it's important to point out that when you have Microsoft up and you have Intel up, you really have kind of the old days. Uh, the worst worst one last week was Twitter, and I am still um, scratching my head. By the way, uh, LPL today says October 28th is historically the best day of the year. Oh, come on. For stocks. Yes. Today. They have the whole screen. Today is the best day. They have day. every day screened out, and it's the greenest of the green. I feel terrific about that. David, it must be like the old days when ATT led it, wouldn't you say? Well, it may lead it today, and we got to spend a lot of time on AT&T, an important story this morning. Not just the earnings, of course, but even more importantly for AT&T. It's... Um, well, it's not a settlement in the in the terms that we typically use between an activist and a, and a company because there's nothing that they've agreed to in terms of writing or anything along those lines. But they had the full support of Elliott. They've come with this three-year plan. We want to get into that uh, in some detail. Although I guess now, well, there it is. Um, yeah, the key here for AT&T, guys, is their expectation that they can both increase revenues over the next three years between 1% and 2% and that they can uh, increase margins by 200 basis points. And it's interesting, in, in speaking with Randall Stevenson earlier this morning, uh, and also uh, obviously looking at what Elliot had been after and talking to people who were involved in the conversations, it all went quite well, I'm told. Um, the communication between Jesse Cohn, who runs the activist practice at Elliot, and Mr. Stevenson uh, was quite uh, strong and, ha- and significant. I spoke to Stevenson earlier, and he said a number of different things. We're going through them too quickly, guys. Let's take them down for a second if you can. Uh, as we sort of move along, we'll tell you exactly what it was he was talking about. There it is. We're at a unique moment, and he wants to see it through. That's kind of a key thing here. And why is it a unique moment? Well, a lot of the investment that they say they've been making over the last five years at AT&T is going to start to come to fruition, they believe. The call, by the way, is going on right now. For the quarter, which was okay, the wireless business was strong. DirecTV continued to have significant subs. There's Stanky. We're talking about, of course, Randall Stevenson going to stay on through 2020. That's another part of this announcement this morning. They're also going to split the chairman and eight uh, and CEO jobs once uh, Randall Stevenson steps down. And we talked about John Stanky as the potential heir apparent. He said, listen, he's got a big job. You saw it right there. He's certainly got to be somebody who's going to be considered for that job if, in fact, he delivers. And that's going to be a key. In fact, uh, tomorrow is a big day for AT&T as Warner Media rolls out its plans for HBO Max, the big streaming service. But back to the plan this morning. And the reason the stock is up, guys, is because they're going to uh, have 35, they say 35 percent margins, up from 33 percent, generate an additional $6 billion in EBITDA by three years from now. And with that additional EBITDA, they're talking about both buying back significant amounts of stock, in fact, most of the stock that they issued for the Warner deal, and continuing to reduce debt while modestly increasing the dividend. You put all of that together, of course, 
you might imagine that Elliot is quite pleased because these are many of the same things that they had been asking for in terms of both capital allocation mm -hmm. and cost cutting. And yes, cost is going to be an important part of this. In fact, the company says, listen, we're aligned with Elliot on capital allocation cost cutting. They challenge us, though, how they communicate those goals. And that is sort of a key here as well because we've got it all in writing. And in fact, they've also hired Bill Morrow, a gentleman, to oversee the execution specific yes. to cost cutting. Heavyweight. I'll tell you what's interesting, David. You and I have seen over and over again that Elliot might come in with a plan and there'll be some CEO who resists it. Uh, is this a man who wants his legacy uh, to be known as a much higher stock price? Because this plan will get higher stock price. You know, I, I think that's such an important part of this. And they, the, the way that it would be portrayed at this point is it's all about legacy for mm -hmm. Stevenson. The next year or two, however long he remains in the job, let's call it is going to be the time that he feels he can deliver on many of the things that he's set in motion. Now, we can debate the merits of the DirecTV transaction, particularly given the massive sub-losses. Another 1.4 million when yeah. you put in both DirecTV and AT&T now, the former DirecTV now. But he did tell me as well, there it is, those sub-losses have peaked with the have current peaked. quarter. So he did say that that is, the, that is the case and points out that they are still generating $4 billion in cash flow from that asset, which is obviously important to their strategy. But yes, Jim, I think that's a very important point. And I think that's why Elliot also feels like they're in a potentially good position here. He wants to deliver and or have his legacy be a higher stock price than is currently certainly the case is there by delivering on so many of the things that he's put in motion. You know, they're talking about increasing earnings per share. 40 cents of that will just right. come from the share buybacks. 25 cents a share will be from cost reduction. Another 20 cents a share from the Warner Synergies. Now you take 10 cents a share out for HBO Max, but it gets you to the number that they're talking about in terms of earnings per share fairly quickly. Will they get there? Unclear. Can they get there? Certainly would be uh, a potential thing. And Elliot's going to be a long-term investor here. No settlement. They can do what they right. want along the way, although they do seem to have agreed on some additional board members as well. It does seem that they can buy all they want if they like this plan. And David, it sounds like a no sacred cow situation. If you're bringing someone from the outside, I mean, it makes it so much easier to untangle what was wrong. And I think no sacred cows is one of the key things that they're sort of going to try and let people know in terms of the portfolio review as well that they're going to be doing uh, overall, immediately starting a comprehensive portfolio review, evaluating opportunities for all assets, including direct TV. Uh, but that's over time. Right. The, the key thing are these financial metrics that they chose to communicate publicly for the first time, Jim, and that are the reason. Because I think if you just had this quarter in isolation, right. you would not see the stock up almost 4%. Don't want to be too granular, but I know Elliott wanted 300 basis points EBITDA margin expansion. ATT's talking about 200 basis points. Is that going to be a conflict? No. No, no it's not a conflict. They, they're happy with the 200. They're happy that they're going in the right direction, and they obviously believe that perhaps they're under-promising and can over-deliver on the margin expansion. Well, now listen, some of it, it's going to come with costs, and it's going to come with potential jobs. You've got to know that, right? Right. But it's really worth going over and spending the time because it remains a very big retail holding of which people have said, you know what, I'm in the wrong one. I should be in Verizon. Uh, I think that this plan is a solid one. Uh, I also think, by the way, that, geez, a 5.5% dividend that is clearly, David, you've got to admit it's covered. Cash yeah, listen, good. that's been a key question, and the performance of Warner is going to be a key question. Yes. Without a doubt, that's why tomorrow is an important day for them. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern is when they'll begin the presentation. Sorry, 
6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific is when they'll begin the presentation for HBO Max. It's going to be very important in terms of judging the ability of that company to sort of navigate these quickly changing uh, distribution platforms that we have in this business. And obviously, DirecTV has not done uh, as well as they might have hoped, despite the fact that it does still contribute a good amount of free cash flow. Super analysis. Thank you. Super. Yep. Well, a lot more to get to, including to uh, we'll get to Tiffany after the yes, break. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we mentioned earlier Virgin Galactic becoming the first publicly traded space tourism company. And we'll have an interview with Sir Richard Branson, Sir Math Polyhapatia, and CEO George Whiteside later on this morning. Coming off of that chase for the all-time high, it looks like we'll get it at the open as we need 30-27-98. More Squawk on the Street in just a moment. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Tiffany shares surging in the pre-market. Company confirms it has received that unsolicited takeover bid from LVMH, the luxury goods giant run by billionaire Bernard Arnault. Offer valued at 120 a share in cash. Says that while the parties are not in discussions, the board's carefully reviewing that proposal. This was a $73 stock in December, and David's got more on what their response might be. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, the next couple of weeks, week, let's call it next week or so, you can expect there are going to be a number of sessions of this board. They're going to sort of review the plan, review the... Uh, the bid itself. They only hired advisors late last week uh, on the banking side. And so you had a letter that was sent on the 15th of October. By the way, I can tell you that LVMH has been considering at least a potential purchase of Tiffany or for the last two years. Right. Um, Bernard right. Arnault uh, thinking about it, Jim, for, e- for that long a period of time. But it was October 15th. They sent the letter, the 120 price tag. These guys did not hire advisors till let's call it middle of last week or so. They're finally getting together. So it's going to be at least another week, perhaps even more, before Tiffany has some sort of response or chooses perhaps to uh, participate in, uh, in discussions to see what can be done here. 120 obviously, is not the price at which no. they're going to accept. No. And you can see the stock is trading above that and the expectation that investors have that it will be a higher price. Let me give you a couple of quick nuggets here based on conversations I've had with people close to the situation, which is that... Um, Tiffany's all-time high is 139. I'm told highly unlikely that they would go to that number. Um, You never know, of course, but they're using the word discipline a lot. And people say, well, yeah, but look what you were willing to pay for Bulgari. But yeah, that was a three-dot company. It was trading. It was very, very cheap at the time, so they were willing to go up a lot more. Um, As well, uh, would they go hostile? Would Bernard? No, unlikely that that they would go hostile. And by that, I mean, obviously, a proxy fight, think Broadcom, Qualcomm, something along those lines. No, you do have an unsolicited bid here. You do have a company that has struggled to a certain extent over the last few years. This is a 32% premium to the unaffected stock price. Let's call that Thursday. Uh, before rumors of this began, uh, started to hit the market. Uh, and they're going to have to figure it out, Jim. What do you think when it comes to valuation? Well, uh, uh, look, this is a company. Uh, Boglio came in. He's the, the CEO. And Boglio inherited a, a really, um, I don't want to an undermanaged company. He had a, a terrific plan. He has some bad luck. 
The plan was to expand into Hong Kong. They lost six business days in Hong Kong because of what's going on. Uh, it, it really make a major presence in Beijing, in, in Shanghai, in e-commerce in China, in part because they recognize that this dollar problem is going to make it so no matter what they do in the United States, a la Macy's, they can't get it together. So there's some real bad luck here. Uh, this is not the time to be levered to China. It's not the time to be levered to Hong Kong. It is the time to pick them off. It is the time, right, the you time say, to, to try to see, because, particularly because of the yeah. Hong Kong weakness, which is oh, unexpected, my. but maybe they've got a plan in place that is going to. So, I, you know, it's unclear. I have not talked to any large holders here. Uh, the Qatar Sovereign Fund, I think, is one of the largest holders. Uh, unclear where they, will, where they would end up in all of this. Right. Um, but LVMH is going to have to wait a little while here and see what it is that Tiffany chooses to do as their board sort of starts to review things. There's got to be at least a couple of board meetings between now and then. We don't um, talk enough about how fabulous LVMH is. I had no idea. This is the biggest. $15 billion market value. He's either the second or thirdest, third wealthiest man in the world. Yes. I mentioned their, uh, their quarter and their guidance last week was uh, just off the charts. Extraordinary. And you, this is Louis Vuitton, Moet and Hennessy, but it's so much more. And uh, I think that people, I speaking to Mark Benioff about who is really the best, he's got so many retailers in his, in his, uh, uh, his stable, but he, he said, why aren't you focusing more on LVMH? And I said, well, I, I focus on Sephora, which is unfortunately JCPenney. I focus on their high-end clothes, but this would be a capstone move because, remember, Tiffany's moved up. One of the things that this manager has done is go heavily toward platinum and gold. And, and down on silver. So it really fits the LVMH mode. I think they get their man here. So, wait, you do? I do. You think they're going to prevent? Yes, I do. I, they I have know. unlimited firepower. They do, but, you know, to the extent that they keep saying to me, discipline, and they won't go to the all-time high, which is only 10 bucks above where that stock is trading right now. <laughs> Although there was some discussion this morning how it values at 25 times and ELs trading 28. Could you go that far? Uh, yeah, it's funny. Yale reports this weekend. There's a lot of, again, chatter that Yale's going to miss, in part because a uh, new survey put out by Piper that uh, younger people today. Are, are not putting makeup on. That is very different from what Fabrizio Freire is, the CEO. Yale has a much higher growth rate. Yeah. Yale's just, you know, Yale's pristine. And it really is. When you speak to Yale, by the way, what are they like? LVMH. Everybody worships LVMH except for us because we have not spent enough time on it. We well, have- today's the day. Look, let's put it this way. Anyone's going to get him no wants to join us sometime to talk about how rich he is, and we're happy to have him on. You know, I tried to go to Tiffany on uh, Friday with my wife, and they were right in there. I'm waving at them, and it was closed. It was one minute after. They lost a very big sale. <laughs> how, how is it that a French guy's allowed to be one of the richest men in the world? Well, I'll tell you, I think that is because there's two French. There's two Francis. There's the rich France, and there's the poor France. We could get a new record high at the, uh, for the S&P this morning. In fact, it looks pretty likely. There's Branson on the floor along with uh, Chamath. We're going to talk to them later on this hour as Virgin Galactic becomes the first um, human space travel company to go public. Everyone's the, asked me about this company. Everyone. It's, it, it's made beyond meat look like, you know, beyond uh, beef jerky. Yeah, and by the way, this, this iris outside, that giant flag, is Branson's actual eye. According to our reporter, Michael Sheets. I mean, is I like his eye eye? That's coming up. Don't go anywhere. Let's get straight to the point. 
You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Shaping up to be a big week. It's the busiest week of Q3 earnings. Obviously, the Fed meeting, Boeing's Mullenberg on a hill, and a likely record high at the open when the opening bell rings in about six minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in three minutes. Busy Monday morning as we wait for Virgin Galactic to open here at the NYSC. Uh, Jim mentioned Microsoft a moment ago and this $10 billion Pentagon cloud computing contract that they won over Amazon and lots of reporting over the weekend about just how this decision came about. Look, I mean, a lot of people feel that these are six or a half dozen. I know that Andy Jassy would disagree. He runs the Amazon cloud. The acceleration in the cloud uh, Azure that Microsoft runs is rather extraordinary. I think that we uh, there will be people who say, what did the president put his finger on the scale? Uh, well, this is a tough one because Satya Nadella has done, done such a great job. You'd have to wonder why the, the Pentagon just didn't pick them because it might be the... Maybe, but, you know, I mean, uh, Amazon was seen as being in the pole position. On Absolutely. This and the time. president has... There just, was competition from others, Oracle as well. Uh, but uh, and we know what the president has said. So, I know, you know, but I, that's what happens when you mess with expectations like yeah. that. I, I, I got to hear Secretary Mattis, no longer secretary, obviously, Defense Department, talk about independence. He did not mention Trump by name, but I have felt that there was a degree of independence with the Pentagon. Uh, obviously, if you want to make your life easy, you pick Microsoft. We've seen well, the president go to town or anyone who disagrees with him. Well, Nomura's out this morning, says don't make it a catalyst for the stock. Uh, it's a multi-year deal, year, you know, annual revenues, small versus the total. Uh, it's rarely worked out that this actually moves shares one way or the other. I don't know if I agree with that. You're talking about 200 to $300 million free cash flow benefit. I, I, too, had come up with that analysis initially and was saying on Twitter this weekend, don't pay up four. I don't like paying up four for a company that just reported a great number. I'd rather buy Amazon down eight because their number wasn't that bad. But this is a very big and lucrative contract. And I think people have to understand that when you look at the gross margins for data center, it's far better than the rest of your business because, you know, you build the data center and they will come and it does work. So I, I think it should be up. Should it be up? We're up three and a half. I think you'll probably end up being able to buy it at two. Up two. But Would it surprise you if quarter. Amazon contested this? As some have yeah, said they might. A lot might. of the people think that Amazon will contest it. I, I, you know, when I look at a guy like Jassy, who's so fabulous, I think they just say, let's get our job done and let's move on. 
uh, they've won their fair, shiz, uh, fair share of business. Uh, I think they'll go forward and just plow forward with the regular business. They did have a deceleration to the high 30s, but the law of large numbers was playing a big role in that. That's the, and you want to know what I, I, if I were them, I wouldn't contest it if only just because of the new political environment yeah. where they're going to be regarded as being too powerful. It's a big step for Azure, there's no doubt about that. Let's get the S&P and the opening bell here at the big board, MDC Holdings. Home builder operator celebrating its 35th listing anniversary at the NASDAQ. Cabaletta Bio focused on therapies to treat autoimmune diseases. And there it is at the open. Our wow. all-time high for the S&P 500. Uh, bouncing off of that uh, level we last saw July 26th. Jim? It is incredible because I've got to tell you, if you told me three weeks ago, three weeks ago there were people who say, listen, when we get into earnings season, and it was right before the banks, we're going to be sorely disappointed. What's going to happen is the banks are going to lead us down because of the yield curve. The industrials are going to lead us down because of China. We're going to have health care go down because of Elizabeth Warren. We're going to have technology go down because it's been moved too high. Every one of those theses has been either rebutted or, frankly, to the point where it's standing on its head. Uh, when you go over some of these, Caterpillar being a classic example. I went over Caterpillar line by line. I kept saying, all right, this is a quarter where everything that they wanted was not good. And yet they are going to, they're talking about being a dividend aristocrat, buying back a lot of stock, being lean. It is incredible. Illinois Tool Works, look at this stock. It's an incredibly important stock in the firmament because it's in every single, got its fingers in every, every part, every industrial pie, talking about raw costs coming down, talking about maybe Europe not being that bad. Uh, and then you start getting retailers that we've had, Walgreen first. Walgreen, well, we're used to having them get clocked by Amazon. Other numbers were fine. So I, I am seeing so much good. And I'm also, I keep reminding myself that there were these big strategists who were saying, sorry, it's not going to happen this year. What if it's so good the Fed says, uh, we're done? Uh, I, I was pondering that this weekend. I said, if it's that good, then I don't care. I do know that the autos, though, need it. Uh, if you ask me what the weakest part of this economy is, it's Ford. Well, you just got done saying manufacturing can be ignored. The whole the, journal piece this there morning are about the, the economy can survive a manufacturing recession. We need the dollar lower. The economy can survive that. Dollar lower and the autos are critical for the next leg of the economy because they are just completely shut out. But again, I, I will say that we don't need it as much as I thought. Uh, by the way, deer, people keep seeing going. Deer's a, a, a kind of a conundrum. People are saying, Jim, it, we're doing so badly versus the Chinese. What happened is a double, double whammy positive for deer. They, the Chinese went and bought the soybeans in Brazil. Brazil sales for deer are extraordinary. And then our farmers got a big check, second big check. Sales here are okay. So you start getting, and I, I, you rebut the presumption of every bear here. It makes it difficult to just stay negative. Yeah. I mean, we have had 41 central banks cut rates this year right. for a combined 2,000 basis points. Jeez. Right? Wow. And the market's essentially where it was well, a little bit higher now than it was 18 months ago. Well, I, I know that there are big cap stocks that we look at that haven't done anything. A Facebook, Facebook hasn't done anything. We have Google, by the way, Alphabet tonight. Uh, it does seem that the market, Apple and Microsoft, have been extraordinary. All right. Uh, but then again, we've got a stock like Boeing trying to find its footing. Uh, I interviewed Doug Parker on, on Friday, American Air. 
you know what was astonishing? Quarter million dollars lost. Who's going to pay that? He says Boeing shareholders should pay that, not his shareholders. Did Gary Kelly not imply the same thing? And yet nobody's worried about the dividend, which is pretty interesting. Wow, look at that. Almost 30, 40. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, we'll keep an eye on Virgin Galactic, set to trade here at the big board. First public space tourism company to do so. Let's get to Bob Asani on the floor for more on that, Bob. And private space tourism about to go public. Uh, here we are waiting for it to open. And I understand it's going to open fairly soon, maybe about 9.45. Remember, no new shares are being sold to the public. This is not technically an IPO. It's just a new listing down here. Uh, as we mentioned, Richard Branson is right there between the... Uh, or by standing by the bell there, alone we'll 51%. Chamath Palahipatia's social capital, he's standing right over there on the right, uh, let alone 49% here. It's already been trading in the pre-open. Uh, it closed Friday at $11.79. This is the, the old SPAC. Uh, it's been trading at around $12.40 in the pre-open, so that's up nice. Remember when public about two years ago at $10, uh, the SPAC was $10, jumped up in July when it was in mounts that Chamath was buying into Virgin Galactic uh, and closed, as I mentioned, $11.79. A lot of interest in space these days, and there are ETFs out there. This is the first publicly traded, clearly, space uh, company that's out there, but there's a number of them out there already, so you can look at the ROKT, that's the uh, Ken Show Final Frontiers, just invests in companies that are very active in space programs. It's done pretty well, up about 30%. It includes Teledyne, Raytheon, Northrop, L3, Harris, those kinds of companies. Uh, those names have done very well this year, so that's done well. There's some smaller ETFs that are out there that if you're interested in the space business, Procure Space ETF, UFO, get it? <laughs> that's the symbol. They invest mostly in satellites. That only went public a few months ago. Still a little young there, but the satellite business is really absolutely critical to what's going on in the overall business of space. That's how you, a lot of this business is being transacted. So, again, I understand that this should open around 12, uh, excuse me, 945, and I think we're also going to get some fireworks, this being Richard Branson, and you can see the beautiful little uh, rendition of the of plane that's going to be going up. Of course, six passengers and two pilots. It's right standing over there. One of the great traditions is, of course, they have a bell for the new companies here that are on the floor, and technically, as I said, this is a new listing, so it's, they're treating it as if it was uh, an IPO right now. There's Jamath talking uh, with, uh, with Richard, trying to figure out where the open's going to be. And you see the indications already there, $12.25 to $12.75. And again, because it's not technically new shares going out to the public, they don't have to go out and find the potential buyers for the shares that are already out there in the hands of the shareholders that they've already sold it to. So the process yeah, is going to be fairly smooth. It's really just a matter right now of getting enough of a, uh, a, a, a bid and ask in it to get the size proper. So we're going to get probably within the next four to five minutes, I would say, we're going to probably have a, have a, a, a company going public here at the New York Stock Exchange. And again, we'll get some fireworks on top of that on the floor, on the top here, that we're expecting to see. We'll keep a close eye on that. I'll get to you as soon as we get some indication. Carl, back to you. Bob, I'll talk to you in a bit. Uh, Bob Bassani. Uh Jim, we did get a ratification of the GM deal. Four years. Uh, ends a 40-day strike. Uh, that'll be the template going forward for Ford and Fiat, which you mentioned other uh, auto sectors yeah, need I some help. keep thinking about that Ford, uh, late Ford uh, bond downgrade. Uh, the balance sheet looks uh, really suboptimal at this point. Uh, GM, good to uh, get that out of the way. Autos, uh, just probably the weakest part of the economy. Uh, and I see no sign that there's any sort of pickup 
there is just uh, in all the the truckload the uh, all the carloads that I get from the different railroads I study. It's it's just an incredibly weak cargo. So uh, we also are waiting for the Mexico Canada agreement. Need to see that. Look, let, let's be honest. Before Trump, these companies were all trying to get all their auto business to be made in Mexico. $5 an hour, incredibly cheap peso, no health care, no pollution control, no union. And that stopped. So the upside stopped. And Mary Barr may do whatever she wants, and, and good luck to her. But the, the way that these companies were making their money was to move. And that's over under President Trump. It's just over. You can't do it. Well, it's likely over no matter who's president next. Does it matter? It's, yes, that's a really important point. There's no Democrat who favors a uh, the migration of capital. That's, that is over. Both parties have come to believe, and I'm going to use this term, and I know it's going to shock people, globalization is over. The notion of globalization is over, and those who continue to seek it are um, really living in yesterday's world. So then you say, well, wait a second, Apple's about to report, report aren't they the king of globalization? I would say, but Apple's been able to localize everywhere. Jeffries, they got a bunch of price target increases on Apple today. Uh, Jeffrey goes to 285. Which yeah, I think that's is good. New Street High. That's good because a lot of the price uh, price targets are still well below where the stock is, which gives them ample opportunity to be able to raise their price target. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't like it when Apple has run so much. Uh, it, you just don't may not have the horses to take it higher. Um. When you say globalization, the era of globalization is over, that's a fairly wide-ranging statement. And it could imply as well, if you're right, that an era of growth is over to a certain extent and that, for example, lower costs in certain areas as a result of globalization are also over. Well, you have supply chain uh, doing better internally. That's why that Liberty deal, again, is an important deal, the uh, prologist. But... Look, David, uh, what can I say? The the dollar has made us not competitive in a lot of places. You're always going to get a Coca-Cola. They were globalized. They've been globalized for 60 years. I'm just saying that the notion of outsourced globalization, where what we do is we accept anything that Chinese sends us and uh, we will export any jobs that's necessary, that era is over. Uh, Now, you could say that maybe, Jim, what I'm really saying is that's nationalism. But I just look at what's going on with China. The companies that are there, uh, with the exception of PayPal, have really not been able to get much of a break. Uh, and you're starting to think that maybe, uh, I keep hearing that maybe the president, no, let me hear, let me tell you what I always hear. You know, I may not like him, but maybe the president is right when it comes to what's happened in China. Wait, what part of it? Well, that, that the Chinese have really taken so much of our intellectual property. The, oh. I think there's many people who agree with that. Right. Well, I mean, I think there's some people who are thinking, you know what, maybe it is too hard. Now, on the other side, I was speaking to someone who is an an importer, billion billion dollar importer to us, and just saying, look, you know, we can't move from China. We don't have the ability to move from China. China makes something perfectly. We move it to India, and they, they have good creativity, but they don't make it perfectly. Right. Vietnam does not have the deep enough cargo. I, I, I would argue, though, that if the, the, if the goal was to create more jobs here in the United States, it's not clear that that is actually going to be the net result of our trade war with China. Well, I have to tell you, if you even take, you take a look at Wendy's, they have to hire 20,000 people. Good luck. 
20,000 people for breakfast. When, when, when there aren't 20,000 people to be to hire, for heaven's sake. No, no. Goldman's done some work on whether labor scarcity is truly dragging down non-farm. They say maybe by 15K. It's really not an issue yet. Uh, I think that it depends state by state. Yeah, sure. Um, McDonald's, by the way, has been hideous. Yes. On the conference call, directly. Well, and now we know why. Because Popeye's comps were 10 2. Well, and they're going to bring back that chicken sandwich. I had to wait in line to get the chicken sandwich. It is, it, look, it's darn good. Uh, quick serve. Let's see. They missed the quarter, yeah. and the stock's QSR. down too. All yeah, right. Not too bad. QSR. The McDonald's conference call was a somber conference call because Steve Easterbrook was all like, I'm real excited. And then you get that first question. It's like, Wendy's is opening breakfast, and they're going to come. But it's like, well, I, hey, the more the merrier. He gave you kind of, you know what he gave you? He gave you a, 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 a read answer from uh, Netflix. <laughs> By the way, this is all about Hortons right here. Uh, Hortons, yeah, Hortons was disappointed. And that's almost half of profits. Uh, I have to tell you, I think Goldman's wrong on this labor thing. Now, look, uh, Union Pacific last year was telling me well, they had to hire people who were uh, formerly incarcerated. That is no longer the case. Union Pacific's kind of... So your point is, even though our trade war with China is not necessarily going to result in more jobs coming back here, right. it doesn't matter because our employment is so tight. We need, well, look, if you're going to have immigration, I think it would be different, but we've shut down immigration pretty, have pretty hard. We've shut down immigration very hard. I mean, there are questions about it. And our birth rate is not, our birth rate's um, not picked up. By the way, it does appear as part of its overall plan at AT&T to increase margins by 200 basis points over the next three years. You would expect there would be some reductions in a Oh, there. David, I uh, think that's really the undercurrent. AT&T is up sharply, uh, up almost 4.5%. Uh, they've reached, uh, well, it's peace with Elliot, no doubt about that. It's not a settlement in the way that we typically refer to these kinds of things. Nothing has been agreed upon in writing. There's no standstill or anything like that. But they have the full support of that uh, shareholder. And you can see a lot of other shareholders uh, getting on board here as well. They talk about earnings per share between 450 and 480 by 2022. Uh, they are, as I said, going to improve margins by 200 basis points. This again... And they go, expect a, a CAGR of the revenue growth of 1% to 2%. By the way, many people would say that's going to be the tougher thing to achieve than will be the margin improvement themselves. They actually appoint a gentleman to oversee, really taking cost out of the business. His name is Bill Morrow. Um, they are commit, committed not to do a lot of large M&A, it would appear right. at this point. Um, and you can see very positive response as we take a look at uh, yeah. Mr. Branson there. On Let's the see, you put a 12 multiple on that. That's what you get for Verizon. Get yeah. a decent price, but not necessarily 60. Get a decent price. All right, so it's getting a bump today, and then they got to deliver. Listen, if they can deliver that $6 billion in incremental, uh, incremental EBITDA over the yep. next three years, 50 to 70%, by the way, um, of what they were, well, they're going to return $75 billion yep. in share, to shareholders, $30 billion to share retirements, and $45 billion in dividends over the next three That's years. nice. David, we should go to probably infinity and beyond, don't you think? <laughs> As we watch uh, Sir Richard there, uh, we're waiting the first trade on Virgin Galactic. Your ticker is going to be SPCE, uh, first human space flight company to trade on the exchange. I haven't gotten your take on whether you're even interested in this area. Um, I mean, as an investment. I've been asked about this one. A half dozen times this weekend. It is going to have such a great retail follow. Tremendous retail follow. He's magic. People want a little bit of magic. I don't think we've seen sparklers above the posts before. That's a first. Uh, 
what can I say? He's a showman. I mean, we don't have a lot of showmen. Showmen historically have, you know, John Lesher's a showman, but boy, he's, he's quiet. I don't know. People want to own a stock? Good luck. All right. It's a lottery ticket. You see it as a, um, is it travel novelty? I mean, what, what gets us past the novelty stage right? uh, uh, for very wealthy I people? I think there are people who think, you know what, we don't know what the future looks like, but he does. And so I'll bank on his future. Uh, I had someone trying to talk someone out of it this weekend. And at the end, uh, the person said, hey, thanks, I'm going to buy a lot. <laughs> um, well, not a... Not a- Orville open, obviously, up 3.5%. And we'll talk with him in the next hour. Are you going to stick around for that, I think? Uh, well, I've got... What I, what I like about it is is that finally we have these deals that don't seem like they're just way on us. Peloton. You know, Peloton happens to make it great. But there is a Peloton that's great, and it's not just a uh, hanger of Lululemon clothes for my wife. It's a, a great mezcal. Wow. It's just not the same company. It's funny, talking about uh, that made me think of direct listings, which took me to Spotify, which is having a very strong morning, up 10%. Uh, on what were better than expected numbers. Oh, line by line, uh, the numbers are better. And, and McCaffrey, I thought, might hurt it. Then he re- McCaffrey, yeah, he's going, to be, he's going to be stepping down as the company's CFO. But line by uh, line is be better. stepping onto the board of directors. What can I say? I look at it. I've got no problem with any of the, uh, uh, the users. Uh, I have to tell you, they have a much bigger base than Apple. There's a lot to yeah, discuss. Got, no, and the premium, the premium at Spotify is... is what, 133 million, something like that. Yeah, gross margins were a little disappointing, a lot of trials. Yeah. But uh, I do think that this is a company that did a direct listing, didn't have that all that support. Uh, it has been doing well, and maybe now it's getting recognition. It, you know what's interesting? McCaffrey came from Netflix, and uh, this was all algorithmic in terms of what people want. And it's about time the stock started going up. It's just not a bad company at all. I like it. You like it? Well, I like the podcast business. They're the dominant podcast player. Yes, they are. Uh, these are good numbers. Well, we had uh, Daniel Eck on with us, Jim? Yeah, I brought him on. I, David, I worked very hard for that booking. Sometimes you have to do those things, David. You make a lot of calls. You shared it with me. Yeah, I, nice it's because I'm a benevolent person, too. That's not benevolent not. is what I think of when I yeah, think of you. Exactly. It's so so did Benevolent. Look, I, I'm, I'm in keeping with what the benevolence that Aaron Rodgers throws, shows in, uh, and Brady shows. It's benevolent. Let's get to the bond pits this morning. Uh, Rick Santelli's at the CME, ahead of a busy week for macro data. Dow's up 200. Hey, Rick. Hi, Carl. Definitely busy week. And when you throw in the Fed and all the question marks regarding how much interest rates around the globe did not take a lot of the bait of some of the data that has been, you know, airing a bit on the soft side. You know, think durable goods in the U.S. There's been soft numbers. Think Germany. But no matter how you slice it, October's all about higher rates and higher stocks. Let's look at the two-year note, up about a handful of basis points like the entire curve. Should it close here? Best close since about the 25th of September. You look at fives. Remember, twos and fives were under. They were under 145, actually under 140 for the two-year. Look where they're at now. This has been a big rally. Let's look at 10-year note yields. They are at the best levels should they close here since around the 13th of September. Consider they were at 146. Right now at 185, it's been a big month. But by far, the leader of the interest rate packed to the upside, certainly at an up October, but their rally started in earnest at the end of August. Look at boon yields. 
end of August, they were minus 71. Cut it in half. Cut in half. This has been huge. They are leading the way. We're going to continue to try to figure out how the Christine Lagarde regime will be different than Mario Draghi because the market's certainly treating them different. And they're certainly treating some of the not-so-happy comments coming out of Germany as of late about Mario Draghi's policies. Times are changing for interest rates. Finally, the dollar index wasn't long ago, a little over a week ago. They were down to the lowest levels on a closing basis since mid-July. Now, they are building a bit of a rally, but we certainly have put a bit of a dent in this psyche of traders that were looking to see 100 more quickly in that dollar index. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much. As uh, you saw a moment ago, S&P record high as we're back above 3041. Uh, Year-to-day gains on the S&P back to 21%. Uh, you got the Dow up uh, well above 27,000, up 189. Be sure to check out our podcast. Listen to the opening bell hour of Squawk on the Street at cnbc.com backslash podcasts or wherever you hear them. We're back in a minute. Time for Jim and stop trading. You know, advanced micro reports on Wednesday, and when you put together the pastiche of what Intel had to say with what HP had to say away from uh, printing, uh, which uh, what you're hearing about the data center and some of the various real estate investment trusts I follow, I think it's going to be blow up. Uh, and the stock's not reflecting that. I think you can go to all time highs. So we still think Texan's the outlier. Texan was very much, they moved into inter- uh, Internet of Things, auto. Uh, they really felt it to be hamstrung by cell phones would be wrong. And then suddenly along comes uh, about along comes Apple, uh, can't build them fast enough. Along comes a, a PC resurgence. We saw that from Microsoft, and the data center is just so strong. And Texas Instruments just doesn't have that business. The data center had a pause in spend, and now it's way back. It's really big AMD. As for the overall market, uh, Jim, you hear the bulls argue that it's rare that you're this. This late in the year, with these year-to-date gains, and don't end the year even stronger. Yeah, but I mean, what's surprising is that a lot of mutual funds whose fiscal year ends right now, and you would expect a lot more profit-taking. Uh, it, we're just not seeing it. Uh, you, look, this is a week that there, there could be a, a series. I mean, Alphabet could disappoint, Apple could disappoint. There's a lot of companies that report this week. Uh, it's certainly realistic after the big run that they that they would, but. Um, when you look at companies like Microsoft and Intel just doing so well, and then you go over and you look at Caterpillar and Honeywell and United Technologies, you struggle. You struggle to find things that uh, you need some sort of political blow-off right now where Wednesday the Fed does the wrong thing, so to speak, and just listen, we don't need to do anything, and then some sort of weak unemployment number, which means that the Fed got it wrong Wednesday. Uh, you need to see that's a series of mistakes that have to happen. And it's interesting, the president sure did... If we think that the president ran over the Pentagon to give that contract to Microsoft, uh, we know that the president is adamant that the Fed has to cut rates. The dollar has been an undercurrent and a miss. If you want to know why, every, every company's just now point blank, just give you a look. Here's the real currency. Because the dollar is just, it, it, we're getting crushed from any sort of uh, bloping, any sort of re- it's usually not the Fed's, uh, not the Fed's. Issue. No, but unless you want to be a currency manipulator. The Fed rates, Fed's rates are too high versus everybody else. You know, look, there are going to be people who do macro and don't do any homework, and lives are really much better than mine, who will tell you, look, that the Fed doesn't need to do anything. When you go through all the companies, you do wish that the 
Fed would take it down a little bit more? And that why can't we have 4% growth? What is the reason why we can't have 4% growth? Why can't we? He's, he's doing it again. You are. He You're channeling. He's, he's, uh, he's running for Fed chair again. <laughs> I mean, we, we all you know. know I'll take that job in a second. I know you. I want to serve. I'm going to miss you. It's about time I served the this and the Fed chair. I would, I'd like to serve the country. I've never denied that. My wife wanted me to do it a long time ago, but she was right. busy making pizza. We got away from weekend. election, and then I think you see you my got wife your shot. making pizza, and then I think you got your shot. You see that on Saturday night? We we're going to go out to dinner. She's making pizza. Unbelievable. Well, maybe you can cut taxes again. Maybe then you'll get your four percent. <laughs> we'll see you tonight. Mad you Money, six crazy PM. deficits. <laughs> You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over fifty, so it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation, or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.